0: This is a WBR podcast.
1: Welcome to the LogiPharma podcast, the show that takes you behind the scenes of the life sciences supply chain. I'm Megan.
0: And I'm Lucas. In each episode, we will sit down with experts and thought leaders from the industry and beyond to bring you unrivaled insights.
1: Exactly. Our guests will include supply chain executives, pharma CEOs, our very own industry experts from WBR, and some recent graduates.
0: Whether they have reached the pinnacle of their career or they're just starting out, our guests are shaping the future of the industry.
1: So join us to uncover the stories behind the supply chain and make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Lodge of Pharma podcast. In this week's episode, Megan and I are talking to Mark Everard, Logistics Quality Lead at ZSL V4.
1: Yes, wow. Yeah, no, know we're going to be chatting to Mark about his experiences, how he's gotten to where he is. We're going to touch on his expertise on drug shortages as well, which we know is a massive topic in the industry at the mm-hmm. moment. And we're also hopefully going to be chatting to him about how to control the whole supply chain. And we know that right now we're living in quite uncertain times with Russia's war on Ukraine, sustainability, try to get, improve the environment. So we've got lots to chat about with Mark. I think it's going
0: to mm-hmm. be a really great conversation. And more importantly... Okay, Mark and I were both at log farmer.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I yeah. so don't know if you know
0: that, but you
1: can bond with him a bit yeah. about being a Lodgy farmer.
0: Then we could have walked past each other. Genuinely, that could have happened.
1: He could have been reading your playbook that you're. Imagine. Imagine. He
0: could have been the one. The one person we saw.
1: No, you only saw the one.
0: Yeah. yeah no, we the one. got lots
1: of us. leads on that. Thank you very much. That was a very popular yeah, report. Not,
0: to, not, to not too rare, but yeah
1: yeah but no i think the mark we're very excited to have mark on as a guest this week he has yep. some really great insight to the industry and great experiences great experiences yeah. and i think it'll just be a really inspirational chat um also excited to see what myth he debunks because that's our thing now we debunk industry myths on this yeah podcast. he's got
0: some higher uh, some big shoes to fill
1: big shoes to fill what we've got
0: so far so i'm hoping he's gonna have a good answer
1: yeah so saddle in everyone enjoy enjoy this chat it's, good. it's gonna be a good one
0: So firstly, Mark, thank you very much for joining us today um, on the Lodge Farmer podcast. It's great to speak with you. Um, We're very keen, firstly, to sort of hear about you as a person as well as your career. Um, We think it would be great for our audience to learn a bit about you before we dive into the more technical stuff. So firstly, would you be able to tell us a bit about yourself?
2: Uh, Yes, of course. Hi, Lucas. Um, Hi, Megan. Uh, First of all, (laughs) uh, thanks a lot for for inviting me. Oh, no, thank you for coming.
1: Yeah, Um, really glad to have you.
2: So um ab- about myself so um I'm responsible for the logistic quality for uh, CSL V4 so it's part of the the, the CSL group we are uh, ph- one of the biggest uh, biopharma companies nice. um I'm, I have now 22 years uh, <laughs> uh work experience and uh, I would nice. say uh, around 12 13 in the pharma industry and oh. um, mm. I, if I if I make all the paths, of course, it will be too long. But um, I started <laughs> uh, actually in you uh, know other business, which was uh, in the in the telecom industry. Uh, mm. there, but it was it, it's quite a logical path. Uh, it started yeah. um, in uh, in customer service and uh, in troubleshooting, uh, ah. which uh, led me afterwards to um, to the the pharma industry and the logistic mm. industry. So really, um, in the in the field of the logistic, I started in the in two thousand and ten, okay. and uh, that was in the air cargo industry. Um, mm. I, I quickly moved afterward to the to the the pharma, but rather in uh, clinical mm. trials, um, right. from from for which uh, I made all the the distribution um, mm. of uh, vaccines, etc., to Africa, um, then some Thanks. some kind of also dangerous goods in Europe, etc. Mm -hmm. And um, finally, move to really more uh, uh, quality-focused topics such as uh, transport validation, uh, general uh, good distribution practices compliance. Mm -hmm. And um, now I have been heading the logistic quality uh, department in my company for a bit more than two years.
1: Wow, so you've really hit all the kind of posts of um the major posts, the transportation and the mm-hmm. vaccines, etc. So, how long have you been specifically at CSLV for? And just talk us a bit about working yep. there, what things are so like.
0: Actually...
2: Mm, I moved. Uh, I moved to Switzerland five years ago, so I, I was. Oh, very nice. Uh, I, I'm coming from from Belgium, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I moved, let's say, to the mountains five years ago and uh, mm-hmm. started uh, really working in, in transport validation. When and uh, I developed all the, the 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 logistic validation, transport validation processes. Yeah. So um, it's okay. it was very nice because it's uh, it's a mid-sized company, and I had like. Uh, um, all the the flexibility I wanted to uh, to to develop the processes as uh, as I wanted and to fit it as as best as possible for the kind of business and the uh, the portfolio of product that we have.
1: And a lovely move there as well. Can't complain. Nice kind of move to Switzerland. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. No, uh, definitely. Uh, very nice country for, for for the country itself, but also for for the pharma industry. I mean, uh, it's uh, mm. one of the big balls. Very nice. In uh, in 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 Europe, uh, worldwide as well, I would say, and mm. um, it it gives a, a lot of opportunities.
0: Lovely. Okay. So, sort of um, getting a bit more into LogiPharma specifically, would you be able to tell us how you sort of first became involved with LogiPharma when you first became a speaker? When did that happen? Oh, so the actually
2: the, the first interactions I had with um, in in at LogiPharma. Um, yeah. After being a simple, a simple uh, visitor, I would say, uh, mm-hmm. were through um, some some service providers that invited me to uh, to talk mm-hmm. about uh, temperature management uh, wow. t- and temperature technologies, etc. So um, that that's where I made my my first um, panel discussion. Um, actually, it it occurred during uh, the the COVID. So. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, uh, 2020, of course, um, and and it was a, a virtual, um, a virtual panel discussion. Okay. So very interesting, but in strange conditions, I would say. Yeah, yeah.
1: I imagine that was a bit, yeah, weird, starting there and then coming to the event in person.
2: Absolutely, and and then in the next years, I made uh, also panel discussion, but uh, at the, the Logi Farm in uh, in Itza which was a, a beautiful event. And, uh, mm. and finally this year in Lyon, uh, also fully new, um, lot of in, super interactions. And there yeah. um, I had uh, the chance to, uh, to manage a round table around the uh,
0: mm-hmm. drug shortages, actually. Yeah, I think I've, I've mentioned this on every yeah, single website. every
1: episode we do, so Lucas far. mentions that he was at Logify. I, I, I was there in Lyon.
0: <laughs> we probably walked past each other, Mark, without even realizing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I mean, yeah, that's what you um, said about being there. It was just such a kind of collaborative environment. Everyone yeah. chatting about solutions yeah. rather than the doom and gloom, which is yeah. so good to mm-hmm.
0: do. Yeah, You'd walk through the main sort of conference room, and um, yeah, any sort of group of people you'd walk past, the conversations were just focused on yeah positivity, what we can do to fix the problems, all that sort of stuff. It was um, it was great to be there.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking, following on from chatting through your experiences, which are so impressive. Um, obviously, drug shortages are a major topic at the moment kind of working to prevent shortages limiting impact and um, we're really keen to hear about your thoughts on that and your kind of expertise there and how you would explain the current drug uh, drug shortage problem within the pharma supply chain but yeah just your thoughts on that topic
2: so uh, drug shortages uh, is very Important as a concept, yeah. uh, be, because it's um, at the end the 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 personification on the of the impact on the patient. Mm. So when drugs are not available, um, yeah, it's not impacting all the the segments of the the industry uh, equally. I must say that companies like yeah. mine are are not too impacted huh? because we are more the. That's good um, to hear. We have um, we have a lot of products that are still with their patents, etc. We have uh, our a lot of control of our manufacturing, so we are not the, the most impacted. It's, um, in, in the reality, people are are seeing more the, the the impact on the generic product and the cheap product, etc. Yeah. You have also some kind of uh, tension on the on the, on the vaccines and this kind of product because yeah. uh, you have a big seasonality effect, and uh, of course you are you are dependent mm-hmm. on your forecast. But uh, from our side, it's not too impacting. Where where oh, yeah. it really impacts is the in terms of regulations. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of mm. different legal, uh, legislations in Europe, um, yes. at European level, but also at local level, and uh, we need to, to comply with it. So there we are we are really navigating in a in a huge complexity uh, of um, yeah. of requirements, and. Um, it, it, the, the the beautiful thing is that it forces us to um, open the eyes a bit more and create the visibility yeah. on our our supply chain so that's um, mm-hmm. the first requirement oh, yeah. in order to to start managing all these uh, risk mm-hmm. around drug shortages is to, to have a, a huge visibility and a huge control on mm-hmm. every process step of the of the supply from manufacturing to the delivery to the patient
0: Great. I know you sort of, um, you mentioned that CSL34, fortunately not impacted too much. But for those who, um, who perhaps are impacted by these uh, drug shortages, what do you think the main challenges are to combat?
2: The multiple-day uh, legislation that are around the topic may make it extremely uh, difficult to define first what is a drug shortage because every country has its a, has a, own definition. At you, at European level, they are more working on type of products and not focusing on, the um, let's say, the, the, the normal products. So for the moment, uh, actually, the critical drugs are the ones that are linked to the COVID yeah. and to the monkeypox. Um, it is in the in the pipeline already to have uh, the inclusion of the rest of the of the product in the by twenty five twenty six something like that, to have also new hmm. platforms IT platforms to allow uh, centralized um, reporting and communication with the European authorities. Yeah. But for the for the moment, it's a bit a jungle, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, and it, yeah. Sorry, on you go.
2: No, no, it just. What is extremely difficult is also the the situation of the market in Europe. We are in a free trade um, market and um, you have different responsibilities so the we have mm. the market authorization holders so the manufacturers in general that are responsible for to deliver the the drugs to the patient but we yeah. have also this free trade that allows um, a lot of companies to um, the parallel traders to take the product in the country and to move it to another country to so to make a certain margin on top of it
1: mm.
2: and this makes um, let's say Let's say a fight in the industry because, of course, we are we are trying to serve a market. Someone is taking the product from the market, and we are finally responsible for it. So, um, yeah. yeah, we have two two different rules and and legislation mm-hmm. that are a bit um, um, creating this co- confrontation. and And to be honest, once they will be the ones that are uh, that have the last words Sometimes we are the ones that have the last word, but it it creates. Let, let's say uh, 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 a complicated political uh, situation in a certain way
1: yeah definitely and i think it's one of those topics especially in pharma that can be really technical that kind of would you say that this topic touches more on the human side of pharmaceuticals and how would you, how do the how do then companies ensure that the patient remains in the center of all this
2: Keep the, the, the patient in the middle, of course, what we simply do is that we, we make um, a very close follow-up on all the situations. Uh, we mm. need to have um, a day-to-day uh, visibility on the situation of the market and the visi- visibility on the supply as well as a vis- visibility on the demand. We are going uh, closer and closer to our partners in the different markets to uh, to to increase the um, let's say the 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 flow of information and the real time visibility. Um, this, is, this is the way we are we are reacting um, as pharma mm-hmm. industries. We are not uh, directly uh, talking to the patients. We are our responsibility yeah. and our let's say. Um, our visibility ends at the level of the healthcare providers, so which are the hospitals, the, the pharmacies, um, and and these kind of entities. But we are we are not a- authorized to go further than that. So there there mm-hmm. are also um, let's say uh, confidentiality reasons that make that yeah. we, we cannot we cannot go to the
0: patient directly.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Again, I know that you um you sort of said that CSL v4, you're not really impacted too much by this but from the conversations you've had with with friends and peers in the industry um, have you found there to be any solutions that have worked quite well to mitigate the risks?
2: So um, the the concept that is that has been developed at European level um, Mm -hmm. is with prevention planning so the prevention planning is has different uh, main pillars the first one being the mapping of the processes so to, to assess all the process step and to have the visibility on it then you go to a risk assessment of every of these steps and you create kind of mitigation actions you try preventively to set up some uh, prevent, preventive measures not to have stocks uh, not with shortages, usually <laughs> by having stocks in place, which is the 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 first the first uh, let's say uh, process control that you can have, and also uh, by having um, typically dual manufacturing and this kind of things.
1: So, Absolutely, and I think that fits perfectly. Yeah, oh, on you go. Sorry, Mark.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. But that that's a, the the preventive part. But uh, the the drug shortages um are also linked to a lot of uh, obligations on the market to uh, to mm-hmm. have the, the reporting and the collaboration with the authorities in case uh, something happens so that's that's the the, the next steps uh, which is part of the same process let's say but uh, which is after the problems or when the problem occur let's say
1: yeah brilliant i think that leads really well into our next topic um looking at controlling the supply chain as a whole, because right now we are living in quite uncertain times. Handling the entire supply chain from start to finish is a really pressing issue for pharma companies. Um, It would be great to hear from your expertise there. Would you be able to talk us through the challenges of supply chain management and predicting these risks?
2: Biggest challenge for me is to have Mm. uh, to create the visibility because you have an extreme complexity in the supply chain flows and a multitude. I mean, um, a company, uh, a mid-sized company in the pharma industry has tens of thousands of uh, SKUs. So we have thousands of different manufacturing flows, destination customers, multiple manufacturing um, uh, possibilities and, the mapping of these processes is extremely cumbersome, and once you have finished mapping it, actually they have changed already. So that's that's why uh, most mm-hmm. companies, I think, are now uh, investing a lot in in technologies yeah. with uh, real-time visibility. So you you create digital twins of your processes, mm. and and through technologies you have a real-time visibility of uh, what what product is taking which flows, where it is going, and. It allows you, of course, to uh, also follow the, the changes that are happening in your in your network.
0: Amazing, great! I, I know this this may seem like a bit of a basic. Question, <laughs> but um, why is it so important to control the supply chain? Like if you were to give us the top two or three headline points of what, what we need that controlling the supply chain provides, what would they yep. be?
1: Don't slander the oh. question, we wrote those, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we wrote
0: so, those questions. I, did, I didn't write that one, that's why I'm slandering that one. <gasps> it might, it might
2: indeed uh, link, link us back to the, to the drug shortages <laughs> and to the, the patient <laughs> impact, which is the most obvious um, yeah. um, um, aspect of controlling your supply chain, but um, we, we are. Um, let's say uh, commercial companies of course we need to also work on our efficiency and competitivity so Mm. it's important because in the past we have had a lot of losses um, in the manufacturing, in the inventories due to errors etc to have a better control to avoid the spillage and um, and to also have more flexibility and um, Agility to uh, go to the tender market. So the tenders um, are, let's say, uh, you have requests from some governments or authorities to provide uh, big amounts of product, and you, are, you you need to go to enter in competition with some other pharma companies to deliver on time uh, huge quantities. So that's where we need, of course, to be to be flexible and agile. To deliver the product on time, in quantity, and most most important, of course, in quality.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So, on the other side of things, if I was to kind of mention the Russians and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, for example, how has this example impacted supply chain management? Obviously, a very Mm -hmm. big subject and really must Mm -hmm. have major impact. But if just as a thought,
2: absolutely. No, it's it's an impact a bit comparable with with the COVID. So the covid mm, uh, yeah. had a huge impact on um, let's say the the logistic aspects uh, yeah. to the availability of resources pe- uh, re- availability of people to to manage the the logistics because there were no drivers because there were, there were not, <laughs> no, no people at the <laughs> ports people because yeah. they they were not able to go to work and these kind of things here um we have other we have had other disruption, which, uh, which were uh, in the first instance, uh, for example, a, a ban of the, um, of the air transport to Russia, yeah. which make, made it extremely uh, complicated to deliver, but also mm-hmm. forced to have other, um, find other flows, alternatives to deliver to the patient. Because there, yeah. are, there, are, there are bans that are, uh, let's say, politically driven, but there are mm-hmm. patients everywhere. Yeah, and, I mean, even if people are responsible for—I don't want to enter in politics—but if people <laughs> yeah. are uh, the the, pol- the politicians and the the governments are responsible for the the the, the war itself, there there are yeah. patients in every country that uh, that are innocent and uh, and that deserve to, yeah. to get their drugs. So that's that's really the the big problem. Absolutely. Um, now we add also complexity to reach the the war zones. That's also extremely Mm -hmm. complicated because you cannot send your drivers. I mean, they are taking their their life at risk, et cetera. And Mm -hmm. um, I would say that there there, there has been a a big uh, international collaboration around um, the the logistic of the the medicine to the war zones, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. uh, we need to rely on on the United Nations and these kind of things. But they they have been helping a lot. Um, something true. that is very important, I think, to mention is the the fact that um, in in Ukraine people have no more money, for example, to buy the to buy the drugs. Mm-hmm. So these right. markets are now highly highly dependent on uh, donations from the pharma industry. Yeah. So um, it has worked until now, but we see that there is a a, a big decrease. Because of course with yeah. the time uh, it's it's costing a lot of money to the pharma industry as well to donate all the time the the product but it has to continue it has to continue because we need to to, to be there to for, for the patient in these countries and um, and in a certain way because at a certain moment they will need to find other solution if they do not get the the, the, the right products you have different risk that they would go for alternative solution which do not have the same quality, but they also like legisl- uh, regulatory uh, bypasses that can be uh, implemented and that would be, um, let's say, uh, bypassing, for example, the the requirements for the for for the the patents, etc. That which is mm-hmm. kind of legal according to uh, the World Trade Organization uh, Article Seventy Three. And this would create um, a big, let's say, um, conflict between Ukraine, for example, which would be the, the potential mm. uh, market that that, should, that that might apply this rule, and the yeah. European Union and the pharma industry, etc. At the moment, they come back, and the, the war is finished. So you you mm. you have always the risk to create, uh, le- let's say, um, this kind of um, of uh, big. Um, conflict and gaps for for the future when you you do not make the effort for the moment. But at the end, well, I, I really repeat: what is most important here is that we have patients that, for the moment, cannot afford to pay for the drugs, and they and they need they need to have yeah. their drugs.
0: Absolutely. You um you sort of mentioned earlier that the impact has been similar to to um, COVID. I was wondering: do you think that the sort of lessons learned from COVID and the impact that had on the supply chain? um helped you in dealing with the impacts here
2: so in terms of impact um, so uh, as i mentioned a lot of be- has been organized by uh, by uh, let's say uh, third party uh, groups um the the latest impacts which is more about uh, covid uh, increase of prices uh, mm-hmm. a, a bit less Ukraine is not impacting us in in, in global logistics, um, okay. but I must say that I have been very lucky in the last years because we have uh, all the, um, let's say, sustainability uh, aspects are actually quite linked to uh, cost-saving initiatives in a certain way. So by improving a bit your supply chain, you can afford, for example, to have more um, longer lean times in delivery. That's at least for, for our kind of product. So you cannot afford that with uh, some uh, very sensitive biopharma products or um, gene therapies or these kind of things. But the challenges that we see for the, the sustainability and for the, the cost saving, etc., is really the use of the the air freight, which is the, the one that is the most polluting and the, the, the most expensive one. So... Luckily, we have started and a big part of the pharma industry has started with uh, initiatives in uh, increasing the use of the sea freight, for example, and going for, um, let's say, improvements in the usage of the actual air freight capabilities, etc. So we also explore other, other, um, let's say, less polluting um, solutions that are, such as train, etc., so the result is that we are we are controlling uh, uh, quite quite good so far the the big increase in um, in budget that we we were we were seeing or the big increase in cost of the different um, uh, transport modes that we have observed at least uh, between 2020
0: and 2022. Great. Um, we also. Want to touch on sustainability and get your thoughts on that really. Um, we know that sustainability is so important in the global supply chain right now, not just in the farm industry, but across all industries. Um, so we're wondering, would you be able to tell us a bit about how the drive to achieve your sustainability goals is impacting the supply chain? So um, as mentioned, the, the, the
2: sustainability goals for, for me for the moment are, are pretty well in the, under control because I've moved a lot of the, of the, of the international lanes to, to sea freight. Um, mm-hmm. We have also increased uh, the, the usage of the trucks in general, and uh, that's why all the tier three objectives for the moment are fully uh, under control. Um, yeah. Now by, by 2030, we have um, more more to do. And there, um, I must say that we are in collaboration uh, with uh, the freight forwarding industry, uh, focusing on new initiatives to develop um more more um uh, let's say um sustainability uh uh projects such as mm. use of uh, solar lights more a use of uh, the um, of the, the the co-loading so not sh- sharing the the, the containers etc with other mm. pharma industries in order to to be more efficient um use of uh, alternative fuels and these kind of things.
1: Hmm. I wondered if you could touch a bit on the German Supply Chain Due Diligence Act and how relevant this is to the industry and also its impact on your business.
2: So the um, SCDDA, to be honest, is not impacting too much our business. Okay. So the the, the, the big reason area. is that we, are, we have a lot of... Um, uh contracts and m- m- most of the pharma industry is working a lot with the us for example and okay, in order to work with these countries you need to have already in place a lot of due- financial due diligence uh, systems mm. in place um but also we are i mean we are a patient industry uh patient focus industry mm-hmm. so uh we we, we are uh, focusing, of course, in the in the human rights acts and uh, verifying that mm-hmm. we are not um, uh, working with companies that uh, use uh, kids that you that mistreat, um, use prisoners and these kind mm-hmm. of things. I mean, these yeah. are for us the basics. We are we are yeah. in an innovative industry. We are not striving to try to have the the cheapest uh, chemicals. Uh, coming from dubious uh, Mm -hmm. sources so that's that's really really important for us yeah um the same thing uh, in terms of um, of uh, sustainability uh that's clearly in our objective we have all uh, the 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 net zero objectives for the future and um Mm. yeah so that's why i'm 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 not too to 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 impacted by this kind of uh, mm-hmm, of yeah. new regulations, and I must yeah. say that uh, specifically the, the the this German uh, this new German act is impacting mainly the very big German based industries. So mm-hmm. normally mm-hmm. Uh, it's only impacting the companies that have more than three thousand uh, employees yeah. on the on the territory. Uh, next year and in the coming years uh, it will be. Limit at a limited thousand, thousand employees, which is not necessarily our case for the time being. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I from think from the people we speak to, it's just such an emphasis on how important visibility is. And as you mentioned earlier, um, controlling the whole supply chain. Um, that's great. But we have one final question. That then we'll we like let you go. Yeah, then we'll let you go. <laughs> one final question that we like to ask everyone. We've had some um, interesting responses so far. Um, but yes, our last question is Is there a commonly held belief? In the industry that you think is a myth,
2: I hear a lot because uh, typically, uh, when I was driving to LogiPharma uh, in in Lyon, I was mm. talking with the taxi driver, and he was asking yeah. me, where, <laughs> where, where, "Where are you coming from? What what's your work?" <laughs> Why are you in yeah, and yeah, and the, the first doubt of uh, of people in general is that the pharma industry is producing medicine just to make money, and has absolutely no. Um, Patient focus and uh, respect for the people. Mm. Um, I must say, myself, my colleagues, we have all families. We have kids. We have friends that are sick. Yeah. Um, yes. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people in in every department I've been working for in the yeah. last fifteen years. I had mm. colleagues that were um, at sick people in the in the in their families. Yeah. and um, we are all working to because we are we of course need to to uh, to to yeah. the salary but because also mm-hmm. we want to <laughs> to bring something to the patient uh mm-hmm. we are not working there only for the for the margin as i said yeah one of yeah. the big points of the supply chain is that we we are making savings that are linked also to sustain- sustainability because it it works together, but also because yeah. we want uh, the patient at the end of the day to benefit from it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The, more, the more the more we spend, the more the patient will be impacted, and that's something we want to avoid. That's really one of our objectives. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Great answer. I'd say that's
1: as yeah. far as answers go, that's that pretty, might be our best. That might be our yeah. best. Don't tell everyone
0: else. That's Um. what we say to everyone. But
1: uh. But thank you so much, Mark. This has been so interesting and it's just been great to hear your experiences and your expertise.
2: Mm -hmm. A pleasure and thanks to you for the conversation.
1: And that was our chat with Mark Everard. I thought that was a really, really good one. Yeah, great, great conversation. He was great. Yeah. What did you think? What was the key takeaways?
0: Firstly, he knows a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, great experiences. <laughs> Funny enough, he's just a very smart man. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Who'd have thought? Um, no, I thought it was great, sort of his thoughts on the drug shortages. Yeah. Um, and interesting, more so that CSL people haven't been impacted that much. Yeah. Um, and then even more again, how he could still offer some advice to people.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, just shows how much he knows.
1: I just think as well, it was great to hear him chat about, um, yeah, everyone has risks in their supply chain, but it was mm-hmm. great to see that in a practical example, like, russia ukraine and just i think this chat has really just put the people like the human side back into pharma for me it yeah, was a really definitely. although it was very technical it
0: mm-hmm. always came
1: back to the patient
0: patient yeah i think i think you were going to touch on it um anyway about his answer to the myth yeah um and i think i, I didn't say at the time but i fully agree because when again i was at a pharma um like, the keynote <laughs> i did sit in and when i heard people speaking it's very clear they do um put the patient at the front yeah. of everything. hundred like percent. our, um, you know, we spoke to George Harris from Roche. That's yes, one of the best, first episodes. You did. Yeah, I did. Because you did it at LogiPharma. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's what their keynote was in the morning. That was about yeah. patient centricity and putting the patient at the, mm-hmm. the heart of everything. Um, and that's what the case study they talked about was as yeah. well. Um, so yeah, I think it's great that he echoed those thoughts as well. 100%.
1: Yeah. But yeah, even, yeah, back to his myth as well, mm-hmm. which was just so nice to hear that yep. like, yeah, okay, this is a job they do on the day-to-day. Yep. You've got to live and
0: it's obviously... but, but They could do that in any other industry.
1: could do that. Yeah. I mean, the thing that they do genuinely is yep. life-saving and that's the kind of... Yep. He really does understand the pressure of that, that comes with that and really mm-hmm. reflected on his own families and people that he knows.
0: Yep, a good um, a good sort of... Going back to the case study from mm-hmm. Roche, they made the point of, for this, one, for this patient, going out to the doctors to get medication yeah. mm-hmm. is like their whole day gone. Yeah. Whereas we take it for granted, we could just pop into the doctors to get medicine or whatever, exactly. it was, the pharmacy. Yeah. That's like a massive undertaking for some people. Mm-hmm. So it shows how important it is to sort of have the supply chain and logistic um, processes there 100%. to be able to deliver medication right to people's houses. Yeah.
1: Even just the talking about the expenses of yeah. how much it costs and how yep. inaccessible sometimes prescriptions and healthcare can be it was quite an interesting
0: very very eye-opening Just
1: very eye-opening and yeah we take for granted how lucky yeah we have it here as well yep. in this country mm-hmm. wow god we're really touching the getting in at the deep stuff <laughs>
0: yeah and only episode three or we're four only a, yeah. this is stay tuned we're wow. all gonna be
1: crying by the end <laughs>
0: yeah but yeah um, we
1: hope you enjoyed our chat with mark thank um, you again
0: to mark as well for yes big thank us. you to mark mm-hmm. um thank
1: you so much for coming on the pod yeah we will see you with some more episodes of the lodge farmer podcast
0: bye